on the Rebel Sports Network from Learfield. Live from Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Welcome to the Runnin' Rebels Coaches Show, presented by Fenley Toyota. Also brought to you by Boyd Gaming, Be Connected, proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. And by Fenley Chevrolet. Frankly, we're customer-driven. Now, here are your hosts, John Sandler and Curtis Terry. Welcome once again, Bailiwick, here at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Great to be with you talking Runner Rebel basketball. John Sandler, Curtis Terry with you as uh, the Runner Rebels uh, making that turn and headed toward the home stretch in this uh, Mountain West Conference season. A very tough stretch coming up for UNLV on their schedule, but uh, we will get to that in a moment. Rebels next game, of course, at Boise on Friday night, a 7 o'clock Las Vegas time tip will be on the air. Check that. 8 o'clock Las Vegas oh. tip. 9 o'clock Mountain Time. Excuse me? Yeah, it's a late one, John. Thank you. 8 o'clock Las Vegas yeah. time. I got to get my rest. 8 o'clock Las Vegas time, and we'll be on the air at 7.30 with running Rebel warm-up. Uh, Rebels back home. Then they have a game at Reno. Then back home a week from Saturday, which will be a very important game. Not only do the Rebels uh, take on Colorado State, but it's also the night that they will honor Robert Smith. Very deserving. Oh, I was like, what no. just happened? No, yeah. no, no. I'm just, I just can't no, talk about it uh, without getting choked up. No, that's big time. He has that effect, man. He's, we're, we're excited for it. My, my dad and my uncle actually been bugging me all oh, for yeah. the last whole month saying we want to get out there and see Robert Smith get his honor. It's, so. it's a special night. So that's the 19th um, at the Thomas and Mac. But let's, uh, let's turn our attention to last night. And uh, we appreciate Brandon Chappelle, assistant coach, here with us. Uh, head coach Kevin Kruger is out recruiting, uh, trying to fit in uh, that amongst everything else. Can we talk about that real quick? Fire away. Uh, I got Twitter. I'm, I'm a kind of avid. I'm, 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 a, I'm, a tw- I'm a tweeter. Carlin Hartman tweeted out that they were getting on the, on the private plane, getting on the PJ to go recruit some kids with Coach Kevin. You clearly didn't get that invite either, like I didn't. What do we got to do to get that invite? You know, man, with, with, with Coach, it, it's, it has to be – do it big or go home or stay home. But, <laughs> no, we got some people that's supporting, and he's able to get out there, and, and him and Coach Hartman doing what they do, man. That's so they didn't want to do it as big as we would have done if – No, we got to – It's a business here. trip. It's a business trip. I got it, got it, okay. I'm not sure I'm going to even bring up the idea of what Curtis thinks he would be doing on a recruiting <laughs> trip, but – Well, yeah. I guess my next question is where did they go? Uh, that's going too far. Yeah, we yeah, won't worry about yeah, it. They're just good. not in Las Vegas, so – they're, they're on their can, way. Can, can't be that much fun. As Coach Hartman <laughs> tweeted out, he said they're on their way to get uh, to, to get uh, the next group of Runner Rebels uh, ready to go. But but this group did a job last night, Coach Chappelle, and uh, really, really proud of them. Uh, it was a return game, of course, the game up in Colorado Springs earlier this year where only one or two of the guys on the Runner Rebel team had ever seen what Air Force does. And, uh, and, and it showed, and I think uh, to their credit, they learned from it. Coach Hartman had a great game plan, and after a little bit of a sluggish start, the guys put that game plan into effect and did an unbelievable job, especially on the defensive end. No, absolutely, and, and, and with them, it's, it's easy when they come in the next day ready to work, ready to do everything. Their game prep and their concentration on what happened up there in Colorado Springs was, was you know, the fuel. But it's kind of like Coach Kruger said when we huddled up after practice, he said, come on, guys, this is a revenge game. Like, how can you not be ready to play against somebody and get that game back on your home floor? So, 
proud of the guys. They came out excited, and, and they wanted it probably more than we did. Well, it was evident. Uh, it was a little bit of a sluggish start. Uh, Air Force did a few different things. They got hot early. What was it that flipped the switch? Because uh, with about 11 and a half to go, the media timeout, the score I think was 13 to 9. And the Rebels from that point forward outscored uh, Colorado, uh, out, outscored Air Force something like 60, or, uh, 69 to uh, 31. Yeah. 69 to 31 yeah. over the last 30 minutes of that game. Yeah, it, w- it was honestly just discipline and being consistent with the game plan. And that's what they did where, you know, they're a very strategic, Princeton-style offense team. Uh, who they are at the beginning of the game is who they are at the end of the game. They're going to run their stuff, and if you keep, you know, allowing it to turn, allowing it to work is one thing, but we stayed consistent, stayed to the principles, the game plan, and ended up coming out. You know, contested shots, us getting to the cup, uh, and it, it carried over into a big lead. How much of a difference, how much of a difference did it make that the guys had seen it once? I mean, huge difference because you, you – you know, we our, our managers and our, you know, people that's helping us in practice, they do a good job of trying to simulate it as much as possible. But until you go against those cuts, until you go against those reads, it's, it's really not a way to understand how strategic they are with it. So got to give our guys a lot of credit, man. They made adjustments. And, of course, uh, Rebels were shorthanded again last night. No Donovan, no Vic, and uh, we're able to find a way again. And, Curtis, you and I talked about it. Uh, before the game and, and during the game. It, it's been kind of a constant for the Runner Rebels this year. Uh, there have only been a couple of times when they've had a full squad. Yeah, I mean, they're, not, they're clearly not caught off guard by it. I mean, for the fact that they've had to do it numerous times throughout the season. Um, and I think it, in, a, in a way, it helps that it's the same couple guys that are always out, right? Because then you're not mixing and matching everybody. Yeah, no, um, that's true. The, the fact that it's, it's been Vic throughout the portion of the non-conference season um, and then Donovan as of late kind of in and out, at least you know, okay, you just these couple guys got to elevate and step into the spot and do what they need to do, as opposed to this day it's Vic, next right. time it's going to be Jordan, and then it's going to be Josh, and so that would add more. Uh, I feel like just confusion to it, but I can't lie that shorthanded playing against Air Force is playing against Air Force is never easy, nor right. is it fun. <laughs> Especially the fact, up there, yeah, definitely up there. Um, then the fact that you're shorthanded that doesn't help, but then furthermore, I did not expect that outcome last night is what we saw. Thirty-four point win against Air Force. As good or as bad as they are, they, they don't blow people out and they don't get blown out just That's because true. of the style of play. But the fact that we were able just to snuff them out and take them out of everything that they want to do offensively and then defensively, they had to go man-to-man and they stood no chance and it was evident and it showed. No, Absolutely. Go ahead. No, he, he killed it. He made me feel even better right now. <laughs> man, I appreciate that, CT. But, it, but it's true, though. They, they are who they are. And um, to make them change, like you said, get them out of that zone, uh, that's the biggest thing, and our guys took advantage of it. Yeah, the, the, the game plan on both ends uh, was, was implemented, was designed well, was implemented to perfection. 25 points allowed in the first half, 19 points allowed in the second half. And, and I, I'm going to guess that, that 14 of those 19 occurred in the final 10 minutes as the Rebels. <laughs> yeah, they, had, they had 30 for a long yeah, time. A long time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, let, we'll get into some of the individual performances. But – how does this team come out of a game like that, and, and, and can, can, they, can they put it in the proper perspective of we got the job done, not, you know, Yahoo, this is the greatest thing of all time? Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's the advantage of having guys that's been in other programs and coming over in, in the transfer and, and 
us having an older team in that sense because they've been in these conference battles before. They see those standings. I mean, uh, you know, we got to give our guys a little bit more credit. They pay attention more than we even give them credit for. So they understand where they're at in the standings. They understand where Air Force was. But, you know, this league, it is hard to win games. And so as much as they need to be excited about it and, and confident about it, they understand the task at hand Friday when we go up to Boise. Yeah, that, that's not going to be an easy one uh, by any stretch. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on the show. Just to let folks know, we've got Coach Brandon Chappelle with us uh, right now. And a little bit later on, we'll have a special guest as David Mooka will join us uh, here on uh, our uh, Coach's Show. It'll be a lot of fun to talk to David about uh, his journey to UNLV and his journey thus far this season. But let's turn our attention to some of the individual performances in last night's victory over Air Force. Obviously, uh, it, it, it starts with, with uh, Bryce Hamilton who has been, you know, Curtis and I have talked about it, he's become the player that, on the, uh, certainly on the offensive end, that we all kind of hoped he would become. I'm not sure anybody could have predicted that he would be averaging in conference play close to 30 points a game. Uh, he had 24 last night and probably could have had 35 had, uh, had he played more than the, the 29 minutes or so that he played. But uh, Coach Chappelle... Give us your impressions. This is your first time working with, with Bryce and seeing him. Give us your impressions of, of Bryce Hamilton on the court and off. Um, kind of like Air Force a little bit. Bryce is who he is <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he, he is. is very, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. No, that's not a bad thing at all. He, he knows how to control his emotions. He's obviously been here before and, and, and has, you know, understands what he needs to do every day. But, but his work ethic, honestly, is just as consistent as his personality. He finishes – drills and he finishes practice every day with his same shoot routine he gets to the gym at the same time every day I mean he is so consistent with what he does and it's it's good to see him having some success especially especially when you talk about his uh efficient play as of late is is certainly one word but he's been able to knock down uh shots from the outside he's been able to get to the rim as we always have he's just added to his arsenal right right go ahead no go ahead I was just going to say, you can tell also, too, with, with Coach Kruger, those two having a relationship these past two years um, and, and now with Coach, you know, running the show, it's a sense of comfortability. Coach knows his game really well, and, and he's done a good job putting him in some good positions, but Bryce has been executing. It really has. And, and I mean, Bryce has never lacked for confidence as an offensive player, but uh, it, it's clear he worked very, very hard on his, on his outside shot because all of a sudden he has become a real threat from the three-point three line. No, absolutely. And I got to give a lot of credit to our managers, too, uh, where uh, they're with them every day. They're pushing them. They're, they're rebounding for them. And, and, and it's a team that's been putting it together. No I was, doubt about I was trying to strategically make sure I don't, don't, don't stroke Bryce's ego too much here and, right. and let Coach say what he has to say. But, no, <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's refreshing to see the progress that Bryce has made because you don't see a lot of kids that are in college for multiple years. And the fact that Bryce came in um, out of California as a known scorer and a hot commodity, but when he got here, it didn't, didn't start out very well as freshman year, as you guys probably remember and seen. But what he's become, at first he was just a volume scorer. Bryce was going to get buckets. He was going to drive. Wasn't going to pass a lot. But to his defense, there wasn't many guys to pass to that were going to consistently knock down that shot to have confidence in. But what he's done now is he's been able to make those plays, get his own basket, but then also find his teammates and empower them to be able to finish plays. And I think that's the big thing about Bryce is because he trusts his teammates now and he has no problem. And we talked about this earlier. Bryce will take that next step if he 
We'll make a play, draw defense, and then kick it. Find that open shooter. Throw the lob to the bigs. Right. And now that he does that, it opens things up, and he's even more of a deadly scorer, which is hard to believe. And then you couple with that the fact that he consistently is knocking down the outside shot. Yeah. What do you guys say? Bryce is a problem. Is that, is that right? Yeah, Bryce is a, is a problem. Yeah, no, nah, that, that shot has, has expanded his game. It's funny because I know him almost, and, and I don't want to just say it like, but as a shooter because coming in this summer, it's two, three years of him working on that every day, trying to add that to his game. And I kind of had the fortune to see the, the end product of that work. So I believe every time he shoots, it's going in, and that's just not because he's hot right now, but because that's the work he puts in. It's been like that the whole time. Yeah, and it, as I said, it's very clear. It was one of the one of the things we talked about last year missing from his game, and we kind of speculated on air, Curtis. You know, boy, what would happen if Bryce were able to add a consistent three-point shot to his repertoire? Well, you, you see what happens. Yeah, we're seeing the fruits of his labor. I mean, because what last year the thing was, why do people continue to let him go left and then let him spin back? And I'm always like, back up off of him. So force him to shoot. Dare him to shoot. You can't do that anymore. Right. Now it's like, dang, pick your poison. Do you want to guard him close? He's going to beat you. Uh, do you want to sag off him? He'll square up and shoot it. Uh, do you want to get beaten and show help? But he's going to find that open guy now. So, it's, again, it's pick your poison, and I'm glad that he's on our team because you've got to give Bryce credit. He's, he's rewriting the, the offensive uh, record books here at UNLV. Uh, but I do, again, I've got to give a shout-out to my man Wink Adams. As good as Bryce is playing Wink. this year, before last, night, last night's game, Bryce would have had to average 38 points over the next eight games to be able to tie Wink in terms of scoring in a career. Yeah, and it's clear it's because Wink had such a great freshman year. Right, yeah. no, and it and just goes to show the fact that the, the amount that these guys score, and I played with Wink, so that put in perspective for me because I was like, whoa, the work that Bryce is doing still isn't enough? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But let's not tell Bryce that because I don't think he'll have any problem getting some, getting some more buckets. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and David's over here, a paid informant. He's going to go tell him everything. <laughs> you know, what's, what's funny, David doesn't know this, but typically when, when Bryce uh, starts attacking the basket and gets to the rim and gets to the rim again, after every basket, Curtis just goes, Next. <laughs> Next. It's Who's going to guard him? Next. It's pretty funny. So Bryce Hamilton obviously leading the way. Um, and, and doing it without Donovan on the floor the last couple of games, which is really remarkable because we, we, we spent a lot of time talking about it. When Donovan's on the floor, the Rebels have two A-list scorers, absolutely. But when Donovan's not there, the team, uh, teams obviously focus on Bryce. He's still able to get it done, but he can't do it by himself. And we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the help that Bryce got last night from his teammates on the offensive end because there really was a lot. Fans, remember that uh, EOS is a better gym, better price. EOS Fitness, proud partner of UNLV Athletics. You're listening to the Runner Rebel Coaches Show from Bailiwick here at the Orleans Hotel Casino on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. All right, back here at Bailiwick. Runner Rebel Coaches Show, Rebels at Boise at 8 o'clock Las Vegas time, midnight Mountain Time <laughs> up, up in Idaho on Friday night, 8 o'clock. Las Vegas time, the tip will be on the air at 7.30, Runner Rebel warm-up. John Sandler, Curtis Terry with you, visiting with assistant coach Brandon Chappelle, talking about last night's dominating victory over Air Force. Uh, talked about Bryce's performance, 24 points in 29 minutes, as efficient as you can get. Uh, a guy who had his sixth double-double of the year, Royce Ham Jr., and he's, he's probably one or two buckets away from having about four more uh, on the season. He set the Mountain West Conference season high in rebounds, 16, and wow. had 12 points. And how much fun it is, is it to coach Royce Ham Jr.? 
It's fun because his energy is uh, is unmatched. Like, he takes real pride in it. Um, you know, those little things, rebounding, block shot, you know, a lot of time he gets frustrated, honestly, because he'll pick up a couple quick fouls early. But that's because he's kind of playing hard. I don't want to say not thinking about it, but, you know, he always wants to help his teammates, always wants to be over in those positions. And uh, it's just good to see him have some success on the stat sheet. But I know for a fact um, he wants to win more than anything. If it comes with the stats, great. But he, he wants to get out there and do everything he can to win. He is a true leader on this team, and it's something that the Rebels have lacked uh, on, on their team and in their culture uh, over the last few years. He is a leader, along with Jordan McCabe, along with Bryce in his way. Royce Ham Jr., is, is, he fills that role. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, they all feel that way. You know, it's who's going to verbalize it the most, who's going to actually talk about it, speaking it to existence, you know, demand it out of their teammates. So that's one thing we're working on, especially now that you come late into the season when, when it gets tighter, it gets grittier. Who's going to verbalize? Who's going to talk about winning and winning plays and, and, and selfless and agenda-free basketball uh, outside yourself? And, and, I'll, and we'll, I'll ask David this when he comes up later, but, for, I mean, from your perspective, who do you see that is right now that really kind of takes, takes those reins in terms of verbalizing it to their teammates every play, every timeout, every practice, on the court, off the court? It's, it's Royce, and this as well as Mike and, and, and Jordan, and this way they all have their ways of kind of – they know what gets each other going. They obviously you know they're a tight-knit group. They spend a lot of time uh, with each other at the degree where they live. Or, you know, it was tough even pulling David here tonight. He, he couldn't leave his boy Vic's side. Um, so they spend a lot of time with each other. They know what makes each other go. So they all have their own way of motivating each other, but – you know, hey, man, we're, we're in a communication business. Hey, you got to say it loud, say it with your chest, and everybody needs to know it. So, so Roy's a double-double. Uh, one of the things that, you know, we, we looked at the stat sheet at the end of the game, and it just kind of popped out to us. Jordan McCabe, 10 assists, no turnovers? 21 minutes. That's, that's, that's elite. That's really, really good. Uh, uh, CT and I was just talking about it was the flow of the game. You know, you, you look back on it, you're like, oh, yeah, 10 assists. Oh, we were scoring. Our field goal percentage was good, and, and a lot of that is to him and, and even Josh Baker coming in to play some, some minutes when Jordan went out in foul trouble, just the flow of the offense. You know, Coach Kruger does a great job with making sure everyone knows every position. So as sometimes it may look like we're just kind of running around and trying to figure it out, it's a flow and everybody knows where they have to go. You mentioned Josh Baker. How important is Josh Baker to this team? Curtis and I talked about it a lot last night. It may not show up in the stat line. It may not show up with spectacular scoring or spectacular plays, but Josh Baker does so much on the court for this team. Yeah, he, um, you know, he started the first game at, at, as point guard. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's all our guards and it's all our depth. And uh, he understands what Coach Kruger wants, and, and he's figuring out himself as well. But, but anytime we can get any of our guards, especially coming off of the bench, uh, to contribute and play with confidence more than anything. Like Webster is playing very, say, very yeah. confident right now. Uh, David, what does he say? Flotation device. <laughs> yeah, get into his mid-range game, playing outside the three-point line. Um, <laughs> when those guys are playing well, it just helps Jordan, it helps Keyshawn, it helps the rest of the guard. I got I to gotta double back and, and, and pile on, on on top of Jordan McCabe. And I had to go back and look at the stats. But his last four games, uh, starting with the win at Colorado State, and then the game against Reno, the loss at Utah State, and the win last night against Air Force, 27 assists and three turnovers. Sheesh. That's impressive. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I that mean, is for, impressive. To be able to have that kind of point guard play. 
not just for him and showing that he's, he's getting a grasp of his teammates and, and the offense, what, what do you guys see from that and what can you guys take with that to be able to help propel this team even further knowing that he's really coming to terms with what he needs to do and what his job is out there? Yeah, win, winning habits. You mentioned it earlier. Um, who's kind of, you know, putting their name on the line as far as winning and talking, and it has been Jordan. Um, when we, we were up at Air Force earlier this year, he did not play well at all, no. defensively or offensively. And the best thing I think about kind of our staff and communication with the guys, we let them know that it wasn't good enough, and he didn't take it personally. And uh, he watched a lot of film, prepared, and talked about it, and then it's great to see that show up at the end because he wouldn't even talk about it. He just wanted to win. <laughs> he said to me after the game, because I, I use a phrase about when you, when you play up at Air Force, it's like going to the dentist. And he, <laughs> he, he looked at me and he said, boy, you were right. That, that's going to the dentist without any anesthesia. That's bad. And uh, you know he was, he, was excited to, he was excited to get back on the court. Yeah, he was. Steve Cofield joining us now. But, but before we get to Steve, I, I just want to ask a question. We, <laughs> Curtis and I were watching, and it, it was the second half, and the Rebels were controlling the game. Mike Nuga, it was right before he had his third three. It was during a timeout. Mike was on the floor. Guys were getting set for the inbound play. And Mike was dancing. And it was a little something like this. What it, go, it was. There you go, CT. <laughs> How much fun? Does anybody have more fun playing basketball than Mike Nuga? No, no. Mike, Mike. He's not even playing basketball. He's just having fun. No. He lives life having fun. For sure. And, and we embrace all of it. It's like, I think Coach Kruger, it was maybe about a month or two ago, you know, kind of figuring things out, and he were, literally came up to Mike and, and shoot around. I was like, Mike, why are you having dance? Like, we don't, we don't know what, what's the new dance. Hour. Like, what are you doing? Be you, Mike. You know, you're here. You know, it, it's almost an eight-month, one-year one deal. You got to have fun. You got to enjoy it. And that's his personality. He feeds off of that. Yeah, he does. We're talking, uh, Steve, we're talking about, and <laughs> not fair to, yeah, yeah. to have you jump in on this, yeah. talking about last night's game and, and the terrific performance. We started with Bryce and then uh, working I, I our way listening. through. Yeah. I was listening. It was really yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Um, to go back to McCabe, I want to I do a little test here. John, what would you call the passes that McCabe made, some of the, the, some the, of the really good passes? The, the Maraviches? Yeah, well, how would you describe them? So, like, Maravich-like? Yeah, they're there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to see, the, there's clearly an age gap here. Because in the press conference, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm saying I'm old, so I was hoping John will be with me and say something ridiculous. Yeah. But at the press Did conference, I? no, you didn't. At the press conference last <laughs> night, I called them fancy passes, and like the back of the room snickered, and I'm like, okay, were they not kind of fancy? Like, what should I call? What do you call them? You can say cute, cute, <laughs> oh. cute passes. That's kind of like an underhanded compliment, though. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's cute. Well, I, I you know, J Jordan. He, he actually. The reason I said that is because he is a Maravich, a Maravich fan. Yeah. And and for those of you who are not familiar with Pete Maravich, go on YouTube, watch some of the videos. It, one of the most spectacular players and most creative players with the basketball in the history of the game. Like I'm not okay if I like if I say like some dope dimes. People are gonna look at me like, Dude, <laughs> well, yeah, you don't, you don't, don't, speak, don't do that. Right, you don't right. speak like but that. But see, you you see how I preface everything. I say as the kids say. Yeah. Right. Or right, I or right. I ask them beforehand. I don't know. I would call his pass a little saucy. Is it would that fly or no? Dave man, maybe? He can't get Dave? away with saucy? Saucy? Okay, okay, oh, okay. A little too much sauce on that one? There, there have been a couple that have been too much sauce. The one Way, way too much sauce. The, 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 one, the, one, the one that went off Josh Baker's chest and hit the backboard. That 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 earlier this year, that had a lot we of sauce. We worked on that before. It worked before, <laughs> it didn't work that night. But you know, he's creative, he enjoys that. That's the way he gets into the game. And, you know, Curtis just quoted the numbers, twenty seven assists, three turnovers. It, it's not a problem. You know. Yeah, I mean, and it's also uh, it's a test of the big man's hands and making sure they have their head, you know, head up. 
And he threw he threw good passes, uh, you know, at all levels of the big man too, high and low. So you got to be ready to to get the ball where you can get it to. Well, it's something we talked about earlier this year, and it he had to learn his guys. I mean, the connection between a point guard and the other players on the team is critical because you know if a bounce pass is going to work, if you have to throw it high to a guy. I know David likes the ball up in the air. Uh, you know, the, the no-look passes, the, the only way they're going to w- work if the guy's expecting it, and if it's the first time you're playing together, he's probably not going to be expecting that. We saw that earlier this season. Jordan's done a good job of kind of reining it in, maybe communicating. How has that gotten better? It's, it's, it's also because of, like you said, Pete Maravich and – and that's the way he kind of grew up doing all those tricks and things like that is simplifying it so he can do those things the right way. Um, like sometimes it isn't saucy like they like to say. <laughs> you just get it done. And last night <laughs> last night was a get it done with a little bit of sauce on the side. I like it. Oh, I like it. Get sauce it done. on the sauce side. On the side dip, you know. Dip him. Dip on the okay. side. <laughs> it, that's beautiful. Well, it was a terrific performance by the Runner Rebels, 78 to 44. Coach. I want to talk a little bit about, we've had you on before, this is the second time we've had you on, and, and your kind of view of the progress of this, of this team and of this program, and give us some perspective on that. Because, you know, this is year one. We're, we're a little more than halfway through, two-thirds of the way through year one of, of your guys, Kevin and his staff, their kind of, you know, first efforts uh, to rebuild this program. Give us a sense of how you think things are going. Um, well, it, it, to to me, and I'm not going to speak for the rest of the staff, but kind of us collectively, how we how we talk about it is, it's just being proud and people saying, man, you guys play hard. You guys were prepared. You know, you guys left it on the court. That's, you know, ball's going to go in the hole sometimes. You're going to – it's an imperfect game. Things are going to happen. But if early on in the season people were calling us, you know, playing a couple games nationally where we, be, where we were able to be seen and like, man, you guys play hard. And we kind of got – not tired of hearing it. We're like, yeah, we have to execute, do this and that. But now being this point in the season in this tough league, it's like, oh, yeah, thank you. We take pride in saying, you know, we're playing hard. So that's the culture. That's the overall look. That's the goal where guys are going to fight and have that rebel pride every single day. And I know culture is a big word for you, uh, you know, personally in terms of the way you look at a basketball program. And I know you take a lot of pride in being part of the group that's building this culture here at UNLV. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Like the Reno game and us coming out after halftime or not even before that, you know, the guys warming up and the student section is is filled, watching them warm up 50 minutes before the game and then coming back out, you know, second half efforts and and the crowd helped pull that in. Seeing the energy and and how it was, CT, when you guys were winning 30 games and going to the NCAA tournament, that feel in the mat. That, that motivates us every single day, and that's not, you know, that's us on staff, that's the players, that's our managers, equip, everybody's motivated by that. You know, building on the, the culture discussion, I thought it was cool last night after the game, Coach Kruger brought up the fact that, hey, this is a group that likes each other, and we like them, and he said that's actually a rarity a lot of times. You know, ask other coaching staffs around the country if they all, you know, like the players come February. I mean, it speaks to how, well, I mean, it speaks yeah. to how much fun they have and how cooperative They've been that there's, you know, there's not a couple guys on the team where you're like, okay, enough of this, dude. Right, right. And, and Coach does a good job, too, like inviting the team over to his house. Y'all know how it is. And, and David, you know, we're, we're on those guys tough. You know, they, we can go over to his house and everyone's just kind of sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're not really working. Yeah, look. <laughs> but, but, 
like, you know, even like to drive over with him, you know, it's, it's, we're comfortable with each and every one of the guys who spend so much time with him and they're fun to have on the road and, you know, all that soft all, stuff. All that cute <laughs> stuff. No, I, I think that's a big part of it though, Steve, like yeah. you mentioned, I mean, uh, fortunately for me, I was able to play for Coach Lon Kruger for all four years. Uh, and like, psh, even if I did have a bad word to say about him, I wouldn't say it publicly. No, yeah. but And you don't. And I don't. But, no, you, you, when, you, when your coaches genuinely care for you as a person and they want to see you succeed not just on the court but off the court, and then they put that into you on the court, for me, I would have gave my left arm just to make Coach Kruger happy. And people always talked about, why were you guys top ten um, in fewest turnovers? Not because he drilled it into us and, and we were scared that he was going to, you know I mean, the, the, the lightning bolts were going to strike down. We just didn't, we didn't want to disappoint him. We wanted to make him happy because he, the way he treated us and the things that they provided us, um, and it's the same way because if you don't like your coach, you could be like, man, whatever. This season's almost over. We're just going to ride it out. Right. But I right. think those are the difference makers. And I can relate to when we have to, have to go sit at Coach Kruger's house. It's on Sunday. We're watching the Super Bowl and – Sometimes you're like, man, I don't want to be here. But I got to say hi. Thanks, Barb. This is awesome. But um, ultimately, at the end of it, like now, I'm still waiting for, for Lon and Barb to give me my invite to the new house so I can come over and hang out. They're and not the kids. there yet. Right, I know. Right, so right. I'm so basically, I'm saying hurry up so I can come hang out. Yeah, right. sorry. That's all right. You'll get the invite. Don't, don't you worry about it. Definitely. Coach Pell, before we let you go, just a, a quick uh, thing on Boise, Rebels opponent on, on uh, Friday night. The, the 9 p.m. Mountain Time start. Uh, I think this is the most complete team in the conference. I think this is the team that plays. If you look at them on the offensive end, if you look at them on the defensive end, uh, everything that they do, this is. I think uh, they do it at the highest level combined of any team in the conference. Yeah, they're 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 physical, they're tough, and then you know a lot of people. I don't I don't know the preseason predictions or things like that, but but you can tell they play with a sense that they're underdogs. I know a lot of those guys have been there. They're 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 older now and um they're just tough, man. You know, coach Buck, it's coach Buckley's scout. And he said to the guys before we started preparing today, he was like, "You know, the thing about Boise State is there's about four games in league play that they should have lost. Like honestly, they straight up should have lost the games. They figured out a way to win them. And and when you have that type of toughness and 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 grit to pull it out, you know, that's dangerous. So our guys know that. Colorado State was the same way. Um, and, and I believe they're going to be ready to fight. Well, it'll, it'll be a tough one, but uh, you guys will have the runner Rebels ready. All right, we're going to kind of tick David off a little bit because we're going to take him away from his beautiful plate of food. From his what, CT? From his pasta. His pasta. But he will be able to take it home. There's no doubt about it. So we're going to let you go down and uh, maybe grab a bite, and we're going to have David Moak on with us next. Uh, David, you do have a couple minutes if you want to get a couple more bites in. And, and I apologize for holding the microphone like this. Eight Miles one of my favorite movies. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. Uh, I was about to say something Yeah, about it. so anytime I get a mic in the hand with, with, with the light right here, I'm thinking, hey, I know, it's corny, I know, but that's one of my movies. That's okay. Clock trailer. Everybody, y'all, if you doubt me, I'm just Pop. Let me see that, John. Do your hand like that it's again. I've already no, no, done no. It. Everybody in the Sabergo. I've already done it. <laughs> Finley Chevrolet, located in the southwest at 215 in South Rainbow. Nevada's number one Chevrolet volume boat dealership. Frankly, they're customer driven. Back with more on the Runner Rebels Coaches Show from Daily yeah. Wet Hotel and Casino on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Back here at Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino, run a Rebel Coaches Show, Rebels at Boise, 8 o'clock Las Vegas time with the tip 7.30, run a Rebel warm-up uh, on Friday. 
Rebels back home a week from Saturday. Robert Smith, Jersey retirement, and uh, Colorado State in town. Rebels will be at Reno next Wednesday in between. John Sandler, Curtis Terry, Steve Cofield, and now visiting with a very special guest. David Mwoka joins us. David, yep, thank yep, you for yep. being here. Really appreciate it. David, of course, uh, the transfer from Lamar, the Southland Conference Defensive Player of the Year last year, coming to Las Vegas. We'll talk about his adjustment to UNLV, this level of basketball in a moment. But, David, since you are, and I'm, I'm, I haven't researched this, but I'm going to go out on a limb and, and guess, the first player from Hong Kong to don a Rebel uniform. Let's talk, how you, how'd you get to UNLV? Start way back there and, and tell us about growing up in Hong Kong and, and how your journey got you to Las Vegas. Uh, so as, may, as many of y'all may know, I'm actually born and raised in Hong Kong. Uh, my dad is Nigerian and my mom's British, so I'm half a British and Nigerian, so I'm mixed. Um, got, I was born got, and raised in you, Hong Kong sorry, for 17 years. You got, you got years. like four passports then, right? Yeah, I, got, I actually got two. Nah, I got three. I got three, actually. As yeah. Of, yeah, okay. Three, yeah, yeah. Those can come in handy down the line. Hopefully you don't <laughs> need to use them, but those, trust me. <laughs> Listen, uh, yeah, Matt Damon, born identity, just, just chill out. I like that. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, so I was born and raised there for 17 years, and then I went to prep school up in Canada for two years. Uh, I mean, sorry, for one year, and then I was at Lamar University, which is in Texas with my boy uh, Chappelle back there uh, for two years, and then I'm out here now. So, Well, yeah. growing up in Hong Kong, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing place. Cosmopolitan, obviously, gone through some major changes in the last few years yeah. that we won't talk about, but uh, back when it was a, a purely British colony, it was a... Mm. Just a, a wonderful place, and, and t- your experience growing up there, was basketball part of your life a, as, a, as a youngster? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they love basketball back there. So um, it's actually the biggest sport nowadays. It used to be, like, ping pong and, like, uh, soccer. Um, but basketball is recent, like, because uh, Kobe, LeBron, guys like that, they used to come out there all the time. So it's really, it's really blown up over the past few years and just, yeah. So – you, you, you grew up there, you go to Canada Prep School, you're, you're down in Texas at Lamar, mm-hmm. and this guy says, hey, uh, I, I'm taking a new job, you want to go with me? Yeah, he just, uh, yeah, you know, he kind of he kind of forced me to come with him, but nah, <laughs> nah. nah, yeah, that's my guy that, you know, I can, uh, it's someone I can trust, though, so, you know, I just, I, you know, I put my faith and trust in, you know, not just him, but, you know, the rest of the staff, you know, Kruger, Hartman, Buckley, all them guys, and you know, my teammates and all that, so, yeah. That's great. And, and uh, obviously, a big adjustment coming to Las Vegas. Um, and, and a big adjustment in terms of basketball. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Steve, Curtis, we, we watched David. We heard about him coming in. I watched him over the summer. And, and, and there, were, there were times when, you know, there was a concern. You know, is, it, is this level, is the Mountain West Conference and playing at this level going to be too fast, too big? Uh, and, and maybe at the beginning it was a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's been the key to you kind of making that adjustment, getting more comfortable? Because the last three or four games, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I just feel like it's been more of a mental thing. You know, um, you know, I know I have the ability. Uh, I know I have the physical presence. You know, being tall, you know, having a long wingspan, you know, being athletic. You know, it's all, it's all things that God's uh, blessed me with. So, you know, I try to use that to the best of my ability. But uh, more so as of recent, I feel like it's been uh, – more of a mental thing and just, you know, telling myself that I can go out there and dominate, you know, on any given night, you know, no matter who it's against, you know, Colorado State, Air Force, it doesn't matter. Um, so just being able to click click it on, you know, know when it's time to go and being able to rev it up and be ready. Have there 
some big men, you know, on the opposition, either that you got in the game against or you're, you're watching from the bench and you're like, all right, I got to step it up because of that guy. Uh, you mean in terms of what? Like, yeah, in like, terms you of know, what? Hunter Dickinson or some of the oh, – there were some stretch bigs on North Dakota State. Like, mm. you know, you, you see the competition and you're like, okay, this yeah. is a little bit better than where I was. Yeah, so, you know, that uh, I just see that as, like, motivation, honestly. You know, I just – I just feel like, you know, there's no reason those guys can be better than me. I mean, are better than me, you know. Um, I just try and tell myself that uh, if I lock in and just do what I know I can do to help my team win, then I can be as good as any other big out there. Was one of the first real wake-up calls just getting to work with Rice on a regular basis because he plays like a maniac? Yeah, like he, his energy is, you know, it's, it's contagious, though. So, like, you know, um, his motor and everything that he plays with, you know, uh, it, it, it um, you know, it spreads off on the guys. So, you know, we all – we all kind of pick it up, you know, in practice and stuff. You know, if he if he feels like we're slacking or anything like that, or even if he's slacking, you know, we all try and pick each other up. So, yeah. Aside from, you know, basic big man skills, would you add to as time goes along? Curtis, I wanted you to chime in on this. Is motor, like, one of the most important things with bigs, like the, you know, differentiating point between some bigs and others? Yeah, I mean, it's – just based on my days playing in the post. Um, <laughs> but, you you know, you, you watch, and obviously yeah. they, they have to do dirty work. And sometimes yeah. I'm sure the guards, uh, you know, especially the point guard, whoever, is, looks at Pigman and they're like, dude, come on. Like, we need you to be rough and tumble. Yeah, I, I would say unless you have um, an innate just elite skill set that, like you mentioned, like you were, you, you were blessed with from birth, like Bryce Hamilton could score the basketball. So Bryce's motor doesn't have to be as turned up as high. He can ride a uh, – I mean, a, a V6. This guy's, you know what I mean? A V8 would be awesome with this guy, even if it was a V12. Because with his length and size, if you add that just nonstop like Royce, then that's something that people just can't, they don't want to deal with and they can't deal with. Absolutely. Um, because, again, it is harder to rev people up. And like you always say, like with Keyshawn, the coaches don't have to get him going. What they got to do is try to get him to back off. Yeah. Um, but, again, Keyshawn's not dang near seven foot. Well, that's a different wingspan. skill set. Also. Exactly. So, again, uh, but I think the, a big thing for me is I've seen growth in, in, in David is playing behind Royce for the fact that he gets to practice against him every single day. And I would hate that because you have to go. You know, yeah. dang it, we got practice. Royce is going to be in my face. And so you've got no choice but to man up and to rev your engine. Otherwise, your seat is going to become more comfier on the bench. <laughs> Um, because you, you won't earn your spot to be able to step out there and play. So, yeah, I think if you can have the motor and you can rev it up and get going. Uh, but I think just for this kid, I think just more experience, being around the culture, and I think obviously his relationship with Coach Brandon, but just the, the coaching staff that they have, I think is going to bring out the, mo- the best in him. And we've already seen that from day one to where we are now at, at, at what, game 26 or 27, whatever it is. You have to be mean, too. Mm-hmm. Kevin Kruger's talked about that, and I talked to you about this about a week ago. Do you feel like – you know, it, they're bringing it out of you that you're getting a little meaner, a little nastier? Yeah, uh, I feel like that, again, is just like another mental thing, too, though. Like, you know, just being able to, uh, you know, to just switch it on as soon as I step on the court. Um, you know, even if it's in practice, you know, against Royce or whatever, you know, just, just you know, that's my guy off the court. But on the court, you know, we're going to fight. You know, every time there's a rebound, you know, we're going to fight. You know, every time there's a block shot, you know, we're both going to try and go get it. So it's just something to go, uh, something that's great to go against each and every day in practice and you know, I feel like I benefited off of that, too. Yeah, we, uh, we also talked about the fact that against Colorado State, you know, early in the game there was, like, this battering ram moment between Deshaun Thomas and Royce Ham, which I was like, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> and then you came in. I almost feel like you watched it, and you came in. I swear, I looked up, and I don't know if it was Moore's, the, the, one of the big kids, or Thomas, and I just see you just doing, like, 
right into his back with an elbow. I'm like, okay. But that sets a tone, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, just uh, being able to set that physical tone from the start. You know, as soon as I get in the game, that's something I feel like helps me, you know, individually and then helps the guys around me too, you know, just uh, knowing that we're not playing no games, you know, every time we step out on the court. Where did you learn your nasty side? In the streets of Hong Kong? Up in Canada? <laughs> or, or down in Texas? Nah, you learned it from Coach uh, A little, little bit of everything, you know, <laughs> just try and combine all of it together, you know, get it all going. Well, yeah. you know, don't, don't lose the sweet side off the court. Yeah, you know, of, that, course, that, of course, that, of course, that, of course. That's important too. You know, when I, when I look at a, a guy like David with the potential he has, Curtis, I think about Joel. Mm-hmm. And and there was a guy who played for the Runner Rebels back in the day named Joel Anthony. I'm sure you're familiar with him from the NBA days. Yep, yep. When Joel came to the Runner Rebels, he was a soccer player from Canada. He couldn't catch the ball. I mean, literally could not catch the ball. He in I, I've never seen a player work as hard as he did, spending hours with with uh, Sweet Lou Hill on the on the court, working on his hands, working on just I mean basic fundamentals. And he turned into not only having the uh, Mountain West Conference tournament record for block shots in a game, he blocked 13 shots in a game, but he also went on to have a very successful NBA career, mm-hmm. made a lot of money. Uh, this is an example, I think, for a lot of players. CT, uh, Joel is a, just a remarkable story. Yeah, and I again, I firsthand I saw I saw the the transformation of Joel Anthony when he came from he came from Montreal, Canada. Um, to Pensacola Junior College, I believe. Yep, yep. And then he came to UNLV, Coach Lon Kruger's f- first year. Joel started that first season. Yes, he did. Played every game, played lots of minutes, had no idea what he was doing. Deer in headlights. And I love Joel. And, and the thing, and the reason I say it is Joel didn't play that second year. His second year here, he redshirted. And, we, and you guys probably heard me say this before, but we, took, we were like, Coach Kruger has lost it. This guy's 6'10", block shots. If you pair him with Lou, we got a chance. And that was coming off an NIT trip. He didn't. He redshirted him. We're like, oh, we got no shot, no shot. But little did we know that Joel had the work ethic um, like no other. And he was the literally when they say like the first guy in the gym, the last guy to leave. He was that, and he was also in the weight room seven days a week. Um, he probably put on twenty to thirty pounds. He slept on our dorm room floor. Me and Scotty Hoffman. He slept on our dorm room floor five out of seven nights because his roommate was a wild one. Um, we won't name names, Mr. Ricky Morgan, um, <laughs> but he literally, it didn't matter to him. He was there to work and to set himself up, have the best opportunity. Defensive player of the year um, in the conference, like you said. And he came off the bench his senior year, and then goes undrafted, makes this Miami Heat undrafted, signs a $20 million contract, and is the starting center with LeBron James on the two championship teams with yep. Miami Heat. Yep. He started the, f- let's see, he was the fourth, started the fourth most games on that team behind LeBron. D. Wade and Chris Bosh. And this guy was sleeping on my floor. And he couldn't and, catch the ball and as he, a freshman. And he couldn't catch the ball, couldn't make layups. But all I'm saying is if you put in the work, anything is possible. And so I just hope, and we're going to have to get Joel down here. I know Kevin is, is good friends with, yeah. with Joel, as am I. But if he can rub off on this guy a little bit because just the natural ability that David has, the yeah. sky is literally is, is the ceiling. A- absolutely right. We need to take a break. David, stick with us for our final segment on our Mind Fans uh, that uh, there are so many ways to be satisfied right here at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. You can savor the latest and greatest fl- variety of flavors at Bailiwick, All-American Pub and Eatery, Food and Fun. It's what we do. Final segment coming up. We'll talk about the Runner Rebels rest of the season. When we come back, you're listening to the Runner Rebel Coaches Show from Bailiwick on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. 
All right, back here at Bailiwick, our final segment. John Sandler, Curtis Terry, David Mawoka with you. Getting ready for the Runner Rebels at Boise on Friday night. 8 o'clock tip, 7.30, Runner Rebel warm-up. And, uh, David, you know that's going to be a tough one. You heard me say it. I think they're the most complete team in the league. Most of the team is back. Uh, and uh, they play physical. They're big. They do everything well. What, what's your guys' mindset heading into that game? Oh, uh, well, you know, the coaches uh, before every game, they do a great job, you know, with the scouting report. Um, they send us clips so, you know, we can go back on our own time and watch them. We can download them, watch them offline on the way over there, on the flight over there, whatever it is, you know. Um, but just being locked in, you know, in practice and shoot around, whatever it is, uh, going over their sets and all that stuff, and, you know, just knowing, knowing that if we do what we can do at a high level, then we can beat, you know, any team in the conference, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. So, yeah, just being locked in That's from awesome. that standpoint. What's your favorite thing about being a runner rebel? Uh, obviously the fans. You know, you guys, you know, you know I love, love all you guys, you know, for sure. Uh, yeah, just, you know, the he's, atmosphere, he, you know. He's going to be the mayor of Hong Kong someday. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. And what's been the toughest adjustment? Um, as far as basketball, I just feel like, um, you know, adjusting to the level of play, uh, the physicality of things, you know, as you guys mentioned, um, you know, playing guys like, you know, Michigan, Hunter Dickinson, all them guys, you know. But I feel like it's something that uh, has helped me, you know, definitely, especially now throughout uh, the course of the season, just being ready for whoever we go against. When you look at the summer coming up mm-hmm. and, and a chance for you to, to spend time on your game, what's, yeah. what are the things you want to work on? Uh, well, you know, I want to work on uh, just fundamental things, you know, at firstly, obviously, just uh, polishing, those, uh, polishing those things, whether it's on the offensive, defensive side of the court, uh, becoming more versatile, you know, being able to step out on the perimeter, you know, guarding, guarding one through five, whatever it is, you know, just being able to help my team on both ends of the floor and just doing what I can do at a high level. Curtis, how much fun is it going to be watch? to watch David Walker progress as a runner-rebel. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see the progression, of, uh, continued progression of, of David Mwoka. I'm, I knew David was going to be fun the first time I got to sit down with him <laughs> this summer, and I got to find out what his favorite food was, which is what, by the way? Pasta, pasta. Pasta. <laughs> um, now, nah, David's a good kid. He's got a great personality. Obviously, Coach Chappelle knew, knew he had something in, in David, and, and to be able to bring him out here with him, I think it was a great move. Um, I think the, the future's bright for David. I think he's going to be a, a big cornerstone for, the, for this program moving forward. David, last question. You've got a core of guys who are going to be together for a while here at UNLV. Josh Baker and Justin Webster, et cetera, et cetera. You know, a, a bunch of guys. And Keyshawn Gilbert, how does that make you feel? Uh, you know, it makes, it makes me feel great, you know, just knowing that I'm going to have some guys around me, some dogs around me, especially, you know, guys that I know I can go out there each and every day on the floor and feel comfortable with them, you know. Like, I know they're going to do their job. They know I'm going to do mine. And, you know, just trusting one another. That's awesome. We'll be in Boise Friday night, 7.30, Runner Rebel warm-up, 8 o'clock with a tip. I want to thank Brandon Chappelle. I want to thank Brian back in our studios. Definitely want to thank David Mooka. Yes, yes, Come sir. back anytime. Yes, sir. Nick Murphy, our fantastic engineer. For Steve, for Curtis, this is John saying thanks for listening. Talk to you Friday night. Have a good evening, everybody. Woo!